Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. All right. I have never been more acutely aware of this that I feel like the presence of the Lord is so strong. And that's why I moved, we moved the way we did uh, with worship is just to give an opportunity for people to encounter the Lord. I know that we're a Sunday morning church. I believe absolutely wholeheartedly in the power of the word. We preach the word. We live by the word. It is the lamp of our life. Thank God for the word. It is truth. If you read it in the Bible, you don't have to have anybody convince you it's true. You should know this is truth for our God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. And it's alive. So something that you find in Psalms written many years ago will still have life in your, in, 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 to you today. When you read it, it'll spring up. But I cannot shake the understanding that, man, we need people under the power of God now more than ever. There is such a spiritual attack on people's minds, bodies, souls. you got to get under the anointing. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. When's the last time you Ubered home from a church service? You need to get in the presence of the Lord and be so overcome by His presence that you sense Him. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, they had to get up and say, these people are not drunk as you think that they are. They're, they're just very much encountered by the glory of the Lord. For the Bible says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God wants to pour his spirit out on all that have flesh. Do you have flesh? Amen. You have flesh. So God's spirit wants to pour into you. Amen. Sometimes you might run around a building. Thank God for that because we are not a religious church that makes you wear dress shoes and high heels. You can wear running shoes to church. And if the Lord comes upon you to run, run and don't look back. The problem with people, why they don't get a touch from God, is because you're too worried about what people think about you. Stop worrying what people think about you, because truth be told, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about what you think, what they think you think about them. Did you get that? Did I say it right? People are sitting there thinking, self-consciously, what are people thinking about me? And the real truth be told, if everybody's thinking that, nobody's thinking about you at all. So get free, Amen. I look in worship, man, when we first came to this church, man, man, my God. I'm getting redneck all of a sudden. My God. Like, I don't know where that came from. Well, my God, I tell you what. Tennessee roots are strong in this boy. Like my grandpappy used to say. No. But uh, we used to come here, man, and... I'd be the only one in the entire room with my hands raised in worship. I actually got to the point, with that, especially the spin. It's so funny you did that today. Because I remember when people were like, let's spin. And I would like, I didn't want to spin. Because when you spun around, you had to look at the person behind you. And they were looking at you like this. <laughs> so you're free. And then you look at that. And you're like, I don't even want to. So you, look, you close your eyes. And then you trip over a chair. And roll your ankle. And you're like, praise the Lord. <laughs> free in this place. You got to get free, Amen. The Lord is good. He's alive. He ain't dead. Sunday morning's not a funeral service because Jesus passed away. It's a celebration of life and life abundantly. He's the resurrected king. He still walks the earth today and moves in power and demonstration. All you got to do is stir up the hunger. So every hand in this place reach to the sky. Like two outlets, plug it in, close your eyes, just begin to worship the Lord. Father, we just ask you for your presence in this place. We shake off the fear of man. We shake it off. We're not afraid of what people think. We don't care about the mindsets of others. We worship you, God, you and you alone. The Alpha, the Omega, the greatest of the great, the biggest of the big. When you move, tidal waves move. When you move, the earth obeys. The thundering of your voice shakes the earth, God. And you want to touch your people today. So touch every hungry heart. Touch every thirsty mind. Fill us up to the top and overflowing. May the saturation of the glory of the Lord be individually given out today. Oh Lord, don't just fill the building, but fill your people this morning. Fill everyone under the sound of my voice. Father, break us free. Break us free. Move as only you can move. We're hungry. We're thirsty, Jesus. We thank you for it, God. Mighty God. Glorious God. 
Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost pour out in this place. We welcome you. We welcome you. We thank you for filling us. May we never be the same again after today's service. In Jesus' name. And everyone that believes it, say amen. amen. Turn with me in your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. It says, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. How appropriate for your attire today, Thatcher. Way to flow. Slay like David. I like that. I assume that you mean like David in the Bible. Right. <laughs> His height was six cubits and a span. So Goliath was over nine feet tall. He's a bigger boy. You don't typically pick on someone nine feet tall. Typically, you're like, whatever you want to do, bro. Hey, man, you do you, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, which is about 125 pounds. So that weighs more than some of the people here this morning, just his armor. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels or about 15 pounds. It's very heavy. Shield bearer went before him. And then he stood and he cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy, defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Skip down to verse 26. It says, David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, the giant said that they are the armies of Israel and the people of Saul. David had a totally different perspective. David said, these are the armies of the living God. i tell you something, as a born-again believer that lives in America and is American, I absolutely love America. If you, if you cut me, I bleed red, white, and blue. I love hot dogs, hamburgers, fireworks. Come on. I love blowing stuff up because that's the American way to do it. When my wife, I, when I met my wife, I invited her to come home with me for 4th of July when we were dating. She can testify that 4th of July for a Tennessean is not a peaceful affair. We, we grew up, we used to take a bucket, a five-gallon bucket, and put gasoline in it and line fireworks inside the rim of it. And then we would all stand back with Roman candles and try and launch the Roman candle into the bucket to ignite all of the fireworks. If you've never done this, you should live a little. You say, but what if it kills me? At least you have a cool story when you get to heaven. Come on. So one, the, the, the first time I ever brought my wife home to meet the family. Of course, I come from, um, believe it or not, I was like the wild one in the family, and then I got saved, and the ones that were saved and serving the Lord kind of flipped, and then they went wild, and so I'm kind of like the black sheep for doing the right thing, if that makes sense. So there were, of course, there is beverages involved in what we're talking about right now. So my dad shoots and gets the firearm, the firework in the bucket, Fireworks start exploding. He's so happy, he turns around and forgets he has a Roman candle in his hand. <laughs> Said Roman camel, proceeds, Roman camel proceeds to shoot into the back of the van, load it down with all of the fireworks. People start running. Then a firework blows up, falls over, and points directly at the entire crowd. And I'll never forget seeing my 90-year-old grandmother <laughs> run for the bushes like Vietnam as things were exploding everywhere. That's the kind of memory that just never fades. All the while thinking, 
I can't believe I ever brought her to meet my family. I love America. Only in America can you do that. Amen. Well, maybe other countries, but definitely not California. California's not America, is it? That thing is broken off a long time ago. And so, but my allegiance first, that's not to America. My identity is rooted in the kingdom of God. I am a child of the living God. America can fall, but the kingdom of which I am a born-again believer of can never, shall never, and will never fall. It is the everlasting kingdom of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, and if you belong to him, give him a shout of praise this morning. So that means your perspective is what David's perspective was. The world can look and say, you're just, oh, you're a Christian, but you look and say, no, I'm not just a Christian. I'm a child of God. This is the army of the living Lord. Amen? And so the people answered him in this manner, saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him? Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you've come down to see the battle. Oftentimes, as you draw closer to the Lord, sometimes people close to you will be used to discourage you. It's a very painful thing. It's a very real thing. People that you think would be your greatest cheerleaders can sometimes be your biggest haters. And don't ever take it personal. It's just the closer you draw to God, the closer you become a mirror for them to see the things in their life that they need to change. And so they attack you and want you to become, become or return to the person you were before you knew Christ Jesus. When I got saved, I lost good friends. A lot of family members attacked me. Crazy things happened. But you know what? In the light of all of it, keep your eyes on Jesus because you do not know the fullness of everything that will happen. And if you live for God, maybe your living for God will break them free and they will live for God. Amen. Do you believe that? If you have lost family members that are not serving the Lord like me, I pray, I pray for them all the time. I do. Sometimes I just find myself crying just saying, God, send someone to reach them. Please, Jesus, help them know you like I know you because I know that it matters. And I want to see them in heaven. Amen? So never give up on them. Quick testimony because it's the 11 o'clock service so we can go till 8 p.m. Um, when I got saved, I got set free of drugs, alcohol, cocaine, all of this stuff. Uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, quit, from where, quit your job, move from where you're living, or in two months' time you'll be right back where I just delivered you from because people don't want you to change. That's what the Spirit of God said to me. So I quit my job, walked away from a bonus, everything. And my boss looked at me, and he said, you're crazy. And he was very angry, actually. He was like, you're, you're walking away right when there's just like a month left on this job site. You know, I was the over, overseer of this job site. He was very distraught, angry with me, and kind of cussed me out. I was like, whatever, man. You know, what, and just kind of mocked me. And so I left. Not in the best of ways, you know, it wasn't like you were going to get a good recommendation for a job after that. But I knew the voice of the Lord to do it. Years later, I'm talking about probably 10 years later, 7, 8 years later, I was living in Colorado. It was right where my wife and I launched in the full-time ministry from. And my air conditioner broke. And I, was, I did AC and refrigeration. And so I kind of didn't really remember it. It's not like riding a bike, people. And so I called my boss to ask him how do I fix the air conditioner and was kind of telling him everything. But as I called, he picks up the phone and I said, um, you probably don't remember me, Bruce, but I used to work for you. Caleb, ring. And instantly his voice changed and he says, Caleb, oh my God, I got to tell you what happened, brother. I was like, what? He says, when you left all those years ago, he said, I thought you were crazy. I thought you'd joined a cult. I thought you'd lost your ever-loving mind. He says, but then I went through absolute hell. My wife wound up, she was running drugs. She was a nurse. She was stealing drugs with a doctor that she was sleeping with on the side. 
She went to prison. His kids were taken from him. He had an affair with an underage girl, lost his job teaching in the high school, lost his business, hit absolute rock bottom. And he said, when I hit rock bottom, my kids are gone, my, wife's in, my ex-wife now is in prison, I've lost everything. He said, I was in my house thinking about really ending my life, and I thought about you. And he said, I thought, Caleb got out when nobody got out. And if somebody should have not been able to get out, it would have been Caleb. <laughs> it's like, whatever, bro. You were, you were, you were, I wasn't running drugs. I'm, okay, well, I was, but never <laughs> Never mind. We're moving on, people. And he said, I thought about that. And he said, I remember when you looked at me in the office. I thought, you're crazy. But he said, but I never forgot that moment. And he said, I went to church to find the Jesus that you found. And he said, Caleb, I gave my heart to the Lord. The Lord broke every addiction off of my life. I got my children back from the state. I married a God-fearing woman. My business is thriving. And I just want to say thank you for getting out when you got out and showing me that there's a way. So never, ever forget. You know, literally a year after I spoke with him, he was driving his daughter to work. He was only 45 years old. He was driving his daughter to school. A dog ran out in front of him. He swerved to avoid the dog, hit a tree head on, and he passed away. His daughter lived. He died at 45 years old. A year after the day I talked with him, but the peace that it gave me to have heard from him first from his mouth that he knew Jesus and Jesus was his Lord. Think about it. Your life is not promised to be a forever going on life. Every, everybody here under the sound of my voice, one day this life will come to an end. So what you do now matters. Amen. So his brother said, your pride and your insolence brought you down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cost? Is this not an hour where there is a cost for the church, for the body of Christ to unify, to stand up, to be full of love, to be full of power, and to declare that there is a way and the way is Jesus Christ. And we will see America shake him one more time. Amen. The solution rests in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God alone. Is there not a cost? He turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. He sent for him and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to fight. You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. David responds in verse 36, your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. I know there are a lot of sermons about the five smooth stones. and People name each stone. Just keep in mind, it actually only took one stone. Come on, somebody. So maybe he just grabbed a handful, but he didn't even need a handful. You only need one stone. That stone is the rock of ages. His name is Jesus Christ. He lives on the inside of you. The hope of glory is in you. Amen. And he put him in his shepherd's bag. It reminds me of when we were in Israel. We actually went to the, the, the supposed stream, which had like potato chip wrappings. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Wow. Thanks for keeping this holy site so clear, you know. They were like, this is where he, he got the five stones. And so everybody was allowed to take a rock, which I'm 99% sure they must be dumping limestone there daily <laughs> of all the tourists that are grabbing rocks. Everybody's grabbing these little stones like this. Our daughter, Emma, she grabs a rock like this big, and she's carrying it back up the hill, getting into the bus with this huge rock. And I'm looking at her, and I'm just, I'm not saying anything because I know my kid. And the, the bus driver, he was like, hold up. This, this, this is five smooth stones, okay? That's entirely too big. And she just looks at this grown man and says, it was a giant he had to kill. <laughs> Everybody else got these little pea gravels. My daughter's like, nope, go for the big, baby. Go for the big. 
How many people are glad that it is not the size of the rock, but it's the size of the king on the inside of you? All right. He drew near the Philistine. The Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man bore the shield, but went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. Me, me. Uh, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I cracked myself up. <laughs> I'm convinced that if you don't have a sense of humor, you actually cannot survive the ministry. <laughs> you got to have a sense of humor. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you would come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. That's where we get that very catchy song. So... I felt to read that because I want to say this. We're living in an hour where there are a lot of giants rearing their heads. This generation needs some people to stand up like David stood up and know who they are in Christ Jesus and take the ground. Amen. It's a very spiritual battle. and It is not won in the flesh. It is won by the Spirit. Amen. Giants mocking the Lord. Fear being released. The giants of today, number one, are lust. This generation is dealing with lust, where at the touch of a button you have access to the most disturbing, unbelievable wickedness out there. It is everywhere you look. It has perverted this generation to confuse their identity so much. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they're attracted to. They don't know anything because the enemy has got so involved in their minds and entangled himself with soul ties that this generation is confused. It has led to all sorts of abuse in households with the things that have come across our desk here at this church to hear what people have lived under and what the abuse that they have gone through, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, all sorts of wickedness going on in dark places, the, the, the craziness, 800,000 kids a year disappear in the United States of America. 800,000? That's a mass pandemic that nobody talks about. It's silenced and swept under a rug. Look it up. Those are actual numbers. 800,000 kids. Hide your kids, hide your wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's wickedness. And even in this sense of the, the confusion of Pride Month right now, Pride Month has never been as big as it is right now. Let me tell you something. I, I have no hate in my heart for anybody, but I cannot celebrate something that's taking you to hell. And Jesus doesn't celebrate it because his heart is broken for this generation that is being caught up in this fight. And he wants people to know him, to know his glory, to know his purity, to be washed by the blood of Jesus and to be set free. Amen. Amen. Hell was not made for you. It was made for the devil and all of his, uh, his fallen angels. But you will wind up there if you choose to harden your heart to the things of God. You don't get to be God. Wake up, generation. Everybody trying to choose who God is. You don't get the opportunity to be God. You are not God. You are creation. He is creator. He is the potter. You are the clay. Let him mold you. Let him make you. Let him work things out. If it feels like sandpaper, thank God you will be smooth when he is done with you. But trust what God is doing in this hour. Amen. And never let the world tell you that you've lost love. You're full of love. That's why you care. It's crazy. And a giant of today is modern day slavery. They're pointing to slavery of days of old to hide you from the fact that this is a modern day slavery going on. You're being enslaved to a nine to five. You're being enslaved to taxation. You're being enslaved to all sorts of things to keep you so bound up you can't even go on vacation with your wife and your kids. We got to get back to the good old days when we went away for eight weeks. Somebody say amen. amen. I felt that one right there, brother. Shababa. Who's believing God for a vacation? Raise your hand. Father, may you release in this house the gift of faith. We declare we will have exotic, unbelievable, incredible vacations. And our Father in heaven will take care of the bill. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, you got to believe for it. Don't let the world crush 
the fact that your identity is you're a royal priesthood. Royal people don't sit around moping. Royal people sit there and talk about how great their kingdom's getting. Amen? Well, I was speaking to a person this week. Um, the, 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 the people that run the food ministry or that we, we were partnered with. Awesome guy on fire for the Lord. His name's Jonathan. And we were talking about things and we were just joking around plywood, which they're saying the lumber, the lumber bubble is about to burst, people. That's what they're declaring. Praise God, right? If you built your house in the last month, you chose the wrong time. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, I, was, I crack about, I, I laugh about all this stuff. I laugh about the rising price of gas. I laugh about the price of lumber because I trust that God, no matter how expensive you make it, God will supply. If I need a piece of lumber, I can promise you this, the Lord will make a way and I will have that piece of lumber. You can make bread be worth a sack of gold. God will make gold rain down in my bedroom so I can eat bread every day. Amen. That's the God that I serve. A raven will fly by and drop a, a, a loaf of bread and some meat right into my lap. But I was, I was driving and I was talking with him and I said, it came out of my spirit. I said, you know, there is an agenda to break the financial back of people right now. If you don't believe that. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's, it's obvious. Just look at the history of America from 1950 to now and see how the modern American family is losing every single year the place that they once had. And um, came out of my spirit, despite as much as the plan is to break the backs of the financials and to kill the middle class, so God will raise up his people as a sign and a wonder in this hour. That the blessing will be so great upon the body of Christ that it will literally be a sign and a wonder to the world to say, how are you maneuvering in this current climate? And that's the blessing of God. If you believe that blessing is on you, shout amen. amen. I felt the anointing when I said it, and I feel the anointing now. God will see you through. Do not let fear in. I don't care if your bank account is negative $42 and you don't know what's going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen. God is going to multiply everything that needs multiplied. He's going to remove every barrier. Our God is a good God. Amen. As a born-again believer, statistics do not apply to you. For you are in this world, but you are not of this world. You're not a number in a crowd. You're an individual with a crown. So step into your place. Amen. They fought. Modern-day slavery. Enslaved to do this. When I launched in the ministry, I felt for the first time I was broken free of the curse. Because I wasn't working for an individual. I was working for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, you don't have to go on the full-time ministry to get that revelation. Because if you're a born-again believer, know this. Your source has been and will always be the King of Glory. And He has no hardship in heaven. Thank God for that, right? Misinformation. Making people slaves right now. People have been lulled to sleep and entertained to death. Right? Another modern-day giant is fear. Man, I've never seen fear grip a generation as much as this generation has been gripped by fear. People are actually terrified, terrified to open their mouth about anything. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I'm misunderstood? What if I don't understand the full story? Man, nobody knows the full story. Come on, truth is truth, but you've got to let shake fear off. Don't let fear get a hold of your life. Fear of failure. Fear of failure in this society has made people not do anything with their life. They are too scared to risk it. I was driving down the road the other day, two days ago, and I heard the Spirit of God just speak to me. Are you willing to risk it all? And as I heard it, I thought, man, that's faith. Faith is so trusting in the Lord, you'll risk everything on the word of the Lord. And faith without actual action is just assumption, so you know. So a lot of Christians are full of assumptions, but they lack faith. Faith produces results because faith is substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. To get something from heaven, you've got to act like you believe you're getting something from heaven before it ever arrives. Amen? And then step out in faith. Are you willing to risk, every, risk everything on the word of the Lord? Risk your reputation right now. Forget about it. Forget what people think about you. Like we already established, people aren't even thinking about you. I found on Facebook this year, it popped up a seven-year-old memory where I had this, this people lambasted me seven years ago on Facebook. I didn't even remember it. I read it and I was like, man, I thought we were friends. I'm still friendly with them. They totally tore me apart seven years ago. I can't believe this. I don't even remember it. Stop living in the past. Live with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Your reputation means nothing anyways. 
Most of our names will not be remembered 100 years from now if the Lord tarries. Right? But his name will live on and on and on. People are afraid to speak up. People are afraid to be different right now. You're weird. Embrace your weirdness, people. Stop trying to be normal. You were made to be weird. Right? The Bible says it, that you're a peculiar people. That means weird. Embrace the fact that you are unique in every single way. There has never been a carbon copy of you ever made. You say, but I had a twin. Yeah, but that twin was still different than you. Mostly, some ways, I guess. I always wanted a twin. I don't actually know how that works. But there's not a carbon copy of you. You're different. People are afraid to be a Christian in this day and age. Afraid to act because you're scared. If I act, maybe I'm wrong. Shake fear off of your life. You're not going to fail. Even if you fail seven times, you know what you're going to do? You're going to keep getting back up. Amen? Who's a get back upper in this house? Amen. Another giant, man, division. Division is insane right now. It's division of absolute blind rage. People are so full of hatred and blind rage right now, you can't even have conversations anymore. It's reared its head in politics. It's reared its head in, in, in uh, racism. reared its head in the church. It's reared its head in Republican, Democrat, Christian, non-believer, black, white. It's crazy division that is stirred to blind people with such a hatred towards one another without ever even knowing who you're talking to. You have got to shake that spirit from hell off of your mind, off of your life. You are not a divider. You are someone that is filled with the Spirit of God to bring healing into this world. Amen. Amen. It's crazy what's happening. It happens. It's ruining marriages, ruining families. Christmases are being ruined in America because of politics. It's like so heated. Hey, Merry Christmas. I know. I experienced it myself. And you're like just trying to change the subject. Let's just find something we can agree on. How about cold outside? Which that doesn't work in Florida. You got to go somewhere else. How about it's hot outside? It's crazy. It's giants in this day and age. So how do we navigate the road forward? Psalm 24 through 7 says, May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all of your purpose. There is a purpose to your life. Say, I have purpose. You are on the earth for such a time as this because you can make a difference. Do you believe it? Say amen. amen. You can make a difference. You can be a voice of one in the wilderness that changes this generation and leave this world better than you found it. I believe it. You should believe it. We will rejoice in your salvation in the name of our God. We will set up our banners and may the Lord fulfill all of your petitions. That's requests. Now that I know that the Lord saves his anointed, he will answer from heaven or he will answer from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the Lord our God, the name of the Lord our God. Right now it seems impossible to see America shaken. Right now it seems like we just need to move on and talk about hedging up, you know, hunkering down for the storm ahead. My gosh, what are we going to see? It's only going to get worse. But it's still in me, and maybe I'll be the only one that shouts it. But I do not think that we are too far gone. I do think that God can move one more time and bring such a revival and great awakening into this world that we will see this nation healed to the core by the healing power of Jesus Christ. If you're standing with me, give, me, give him a shout. Amen. Amen. Listen, David understood the situation was impossible. You don't, as a young man, run at a nine-foot-tall giant and think that you will naturally win this fight. If you do, you are crazy. You've always been crazy, and people know it about you, and they probably actually are talking about you. No, you know that. It's not a natural fight that we're in right now. We cannot turn the tide naturally. You can't win the battle in the natural. You've got to win it in the spirit. That doesn't mean we don't see it in the natural. It means first to see it in the natural, you have to win it in the spirit. We became pastors. We fought all sorts of demons from hell. It was crazy. I remember finally years later hearing a senior pastor say, if you're going to plant a church, the first thing you got to do is win the spiritual battle. I'm like, I heard it five years after I needed it. You know, when we came here, it's crazy. Everything, every spiritual battle manifests in something natural. We come here, people say we're the church that picks up snakes. Brother, I've always hated snakes. 
you bring a snake in here, I'm going to have eight midgets run you out the door <laughs> if I can find them. If not, Travis will do it. Amen. You take your snake, you run on down the road. I had a cousin, a redneck from Tennessee. I don't know. Every time he saw a snake, he leapt on it. He thought it was the greatest thing, swinging it. I'm like, bro, get thee behind me, Satan. You take that nasty-looking, swirled-up thing. That, 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 I trust them. They're shifty. Can't tell which direction a snake's going to go. That's from hell. Seven few things I don't trust. Cats, snakes. We're the church that picks up snakes. Well, the senior pastor ain't picking up no snake out there right now. You'll see blind rage. I'll take a micro stand and just start killing. I don't like them. Then people used to say they're that weird church that he doesn't believe in wearing jeans. Where does that come from? Like you hear these things and you're like, I wear jeans all the time. Publicly. And you hear the weirdest complaints come at you. They're that weird church that doesn't let you wear jeans. Of course, most people are in jeans, but really they don't want you in jeans. They want you in, I don't even know what, MC Hammer pants. It's time to bring back the MC Hammer pants so that the enemy can't touch this. Amen. Come on, somebody. Too legit. We're too legit to quit, baby. They tried to break us, but we too legit. It's wild. It was impossible for David to win. It's impossible for us to turn the tide. But salvation was impossible, but you still received it from faith, by faith. It's impossible for you to gain access to heaven on your own, but you got it because you had faith. If it began in an impossible situation, let it end in the same. If it began supernatural, let it be perfect, perfected supernatural. Amen? Do everything as under the Lord. Ephesians 6 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You can actually see this manifest in the natural world. Look at, literally you can pick hot spots where the enemy has set up spiritual wickedness that has so perverted minds of people. You know that most every liberal university from Harvard to um, um, Yale actually began as seminary schools training up missionaries to go into the far-flung corners of the globe bringing the power of the gospel but over time, compromise to compromise to compromise because where are the strongholds? The strongholds are not floating in the air. It's not like Pokemon. There's a stronghold. There's a stronghold. Some Christians are so weird, bro. Get over yourself. The devil's not floating in the parking lot right now. I'm telling you, I felt like he was out there. That's because you have a weird filler. The stronghold's in the mind. It's in the mind of people. They compromise, they compromise, they start letting a little sin in. A little bit of sin turns to a lot of sin. A lot of sin now has to be corrected with doctrine to make you not feel convicted anymore. So you change and you change and you change until you create a God that you fabricated in your mind to allow you to be a sinful person, not changing the world, full of hell and going straight to the enemy because you don't want to face the one that is like a light that pierces into the darkness to bring about the transformation that you need. Shababa. And so everywhere you look, the enemy is not like our God. He can only respond. God is a God that is always moving. Our heavenly Father is proactive. The devil is reactive. So he finds a revival hotspot and he shows up to set up his kingdom. And then you have cities that are bound up, crazy things happening, wickedness going on, kids being abducted, suicides through the roof. That is fruit of hell, not of heaven. Amen. When heaven shows up, suicidal spirits are broken off of people's lives. Their minds are renewed. Their hope is restored. Their body is healed. Their marriages get stronger. Their children grow healthy. Identity is found. Wealth is prospered. Look at every city of America. 
Go into the place of extreme poverty, and what do you find? You find bars where people are drinking till 3 a.m., and you find strip clubs because that is the kingdom of hell, and where the kingdom of hell can set up, you can see its fruit in the natural. Am I telling the truth right now? Are you with me right now? Do you not see it in the natural? So let me tell you something. You can try and buy up every block and you can try and run it out, but it'll just keep moving because it's a spirit from hell. The only thing that has the power to drive out wickedness is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the hour for giant slayers to arrive and say it may be impossible, but I serve a God that says that's what I'm called to do. Nothing's impossible for those who believe. Do you believe it? Shout amen. amen. This is the hour of the great turnaround. The hour of the great revival. The hour that Paul, Peter, everybody in heaven is going to be talking about for centuries to come when you get into heaven. Saying you're of that generation that we long to be in. That would be in the final move of the spirit of God. That erupted like lava on the earth to spread the glory of God one more time. I believe it. Do you believe it? You can call me crazy, you can call me hyped up, but I think it's impossible to hype the king of glory up because that would mean I boast more than he is able to do, and I cannot do that because he's bigger than anything I've ever said he is. He's greater than anything I've ever dreamed he was. We could take our combined dreams, our combined visions, our combined vocabularies, and we would still fall short of hitting the mark to describe how big our Heavenly Father is. He's the mightiest. He's the greatest. The devil is terrified of him. He sits in his corner cowering in the dark because every time the light shows up, the light is always winning. You're of that kingdom. Woo. There's two kingdoms in this world. There's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of hell, kingdom of darkness. Now, what people don't realize is they think that the spiritual battle is only fought by people that decide to fight the spiritual battle. Let me tell you, anytime you're acting in lust, whether you believe there's a devil or a God or don't believe, whether you believe New Age, agnostic, whatever, anytime you function in the realm of the kingdom of darkness, you will promote that kingdom. You don't even have to know you're a partaker of it. You still will build the kingdom of darkness. I didn't know the Lord. And I used to serve the devil. Drinking, partying, doing drugs, sleeping around. I would pervert people and pervert people and pervert people. What was I doing? I was crossing land and sea to create a convert twice the devil of hell out of us. But then I got saved. And then shackles broke off of me. And then I realized that that is not who I was meant to be. That that is a perversion that the enemy did to try and manipulate the purpose and the call and the assignment that God had for my life. But God came right in the middle of that darkness. And when he showed up in that darkness, every spirit of hell had to break loose its hold on my mind, break loose its hold on my life, break loose every entanglement and soul tie was severed by the glory of God. And I became a brand new creation. Did you become a brand new creation? Shout amen. Amen. We're in a spiritual battle. But that's fine because we are well equipped for a spiritual battle. We do not fight with flesh and blood. Thank God. Otherwise, we'd have to go Navy SEAL Team 6 right now to start popping people in the head. And I'm just, maybe I shouldn't say that, but you know it's true. Wickedness is everywhere. But you don't win the battle that way. You win the battle by binding the enemy, by preaching the gospel, by setting people free, by taking territory in this world through the advancement of the kingdom of God. You are equipped to do that. Amen. You have a purpose. You have an assignment from God. Never forget that. Thank God. Zechariah said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. How will we win the battle? By the spirit of God on the inside. He'll give you direction. He'll give you an assignment. He'll give you the power to pray, the supernatural gifts of the spirit. He will make you the enemy's worst nightmare. And just so you know, in the realm of speaking of two kingdoms, God's kingdom was never, ever under attack from the devil. The devil was never a threat to our father. There was not some great war that happened in the heavenlies as angels battled it out and God hedged himself up in the throne room and barred the door and said, Michael, I hope you can get us out of this, man. Lucifer's coming and I'm telling you, I'm feeling like a little queasy right now. That's not our God. 
the Lucifer was like, I'm going to show myself more powerful than the Lord. And the Lord was like, bling. That's what happened. Just so you know, biblical truth, amen. Our God wasn't up there sweating, wondering how he's going to win the battle. He was like, bloop. But the battle came to earth, and we were in the battle. There's a battle for your soul. But you will win because the Spirit of Christ on the inside of you has made you more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Amen? Even if you've had hell dealt to you from the time you were three years old, it didn't break you and it will never break you. Because something in you is greater than this world. You're more than a conqueror. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you will always rise above and you will always break through. And I, I, I do believe that even in the realms of finances right now. I believe that God is looking to pour out. I've heard it my whole life from the time I got saved that they were coming in time transference of wealth. I'm looking at the world right now and I believe that this is the hour where you're going to start seeing that happen. God is positioning people in supernatural opportunity places to receive for the advancement of the kingdom of God. But if God so blesses you that your wealth is so great you can't spend it in a hundred generations, you have to pray more then than you have to pray when you have nothing. Don't forget that. You say, oh, if I had a lot of money, I could just live a relaxed life. The more money you have, the more responsibility rests on your shoulders to advance the kingdom of God. Know why God blesses you, that it is for all that, the kingdom of God, to continue to increase. Can it happen? Can it happen? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Amen, he'll do it. I believe it. Ecclesiastes 2.26, those that continue to sin must turn their wealth over to those who are pleasing to God. Are you pleasing to God this morning? Man, may the Lord break poverty off of your life. I declare that over every family here. Maybe you were raised in poverty. Maybe your family has never been able to break past the financial level. I pray the anointing of God would come upon you to break every single limitation and glass ceiling that has ever been followed in your lineage. That curse dies in you and you will see the increase of God come upon your life and you will break into realms that you've never dreamed possible. I believe that God can release it. I believe God wants to release it. All he needs is a heart that is pure that understands you give me the power to establish your covenant, God. You increase me, I'll increase your kingdom. If that's you, shout amen this morning. And then grab a hold of it by faith. And say, man, I believe it. God is not finished blessing your socks off yet. It's about to get sweeter than sweet and better than bet. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when you pray, heaven hears you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords has granted you the great blessing to have an audience with him when you pray. So the one that can grant every request gives you free access to go before him. And in thanksgiving and in supplication, make your petitions known, the Bible says. So in great thanksgiving, who is thankful for what the Lord has already done in your life? I believe the key to operating in great faith and keeping yourself pure is to be under the mindset, Father, if you never give me anything else for the remainder of my days, you've already done so much for me, I will always serve you. But if, God, you find it in your ways to increase me, what I've done now, Father, I will multiply it on this earth for you because I'm crying out for my generation because your word declares, ask of me and I will give you the heathen as your inheritance and the nations of the world. I am asking you, God, for the nation of America to be shaken one more time. I am asking you, God, for those that are caught up with suicidal spirits and oppressive spirits and demonic attacks to be broken off of them. I am asking you, God, for this generation. May they know you. May they know the power of your word. May they know the power of your love. And may shackles be broken off of this land one more time. May the army of the Lord march through the land in great victory. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? Thank you, Jesus. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord. Say, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. 
They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come on, somebody say, I've been feeling tired. Well, then let the Lord breathe life upon you right now. And may the Lord release you with the gift of faith to believe for a vacation, to go away also for a week of refreshing in the goodness of the Lord. Amen. I've noticed that when I pray in tongues, oftentimes it comes out, Honolulu, Honolulu. <laughs> Waikiki, Waikiki. Bora, 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 Bora. And I don't know, I, every time I, I'm like, I feel the Lord is saying something right now. How many people are glad that the Lord is a good father? Amen. He is a good, good father. God will bless you. He will bless your socks off. If you're extremely physically tired, learn to rest. But the Bible says that those that wait on the Lord shall be refreshed. There's a refreshing of the Spirit of God. Why do you get refreshed? Because if you're willing to lend what God has given you to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven lends to you what the kingdom of heaven has, which is an unending supply of supernatural strength, supernatural favor, supernatural prosperity. But I've thought about this because a lot of people talk about this in the sense of waiting and just sitting. I'm waiting on the Lord. What the word is saying here is not those that sit on their blessed assurance waiting on the Lord at home as they watch Disney Plus, which I like. I like Disney Plus. Disney kind of does weird things. We will see not everything is okay. But I'm not of the persuasion that you can't like enjoy anything. You got to be a weirdo, you know, and dress in sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> Praise God for that. You can enjoy life. Who enjoys your life? Amen. Who goes on date nights, even though the place that you go on date night at probably has weird political views? Who cares? They make a great shrimp scampi, okay? Can we just agree that food is good for once? Does everything have to be have an underlying meeting in this generation? People are always trying to find some deep layer of it. I just like the food, okay? Get so entangled with people this day and age. But um, what the Bible's talking about is not those that wait sitting around doing nothing. It's talking about those that wait in the sense of when you go out to eat and there is a waiter that is waiting on you. The person that is serving you, bringing you what you need and what you request. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall never faint. That is the promise of God. That if you're willing to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you're a business owner and you make it a priority that my business will honor the Lord. The blessing will so increase upon your business. You'll have to find other Christians to make a partner with you. Because it's about to explode. You believe it? Shout amen. You're a teacher. You're a preacher. You're a, you're a minister. Whatever it is you do. Do it unto the Lord. Ask the Lord, rise in the morning. Father, what can I do for you this morning? What can I do for your kingdom? What can I do for your, your, your name? What can I do, Father? Who can I encourage? Who can I reach out to? The Lord can lay someone on your heart and let, let you think about them. And you send an encouraging message that would literally break off depression off of their life. Come on. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of a family sticking together. Those that wait on the Lord. There's an assignment for you. If you're sitting around bored every day, and I know people are looking at the clock right now, that's why, whatever. We used to not even have a clock. But if you, if you let God lead you, you'll be refreshed. About the time you start feeling tired, the Lord will have led you into a vacation. Then you come from the vacation and you feel great. And then about the time you start feeling tired or you feel this, there will always be something that the Lord has laid before you to do. And those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. God has a refreshing for your spirit. Amen. May he increase you. May he bless you. May he cause his people to rise up in this hour and to have dominion. Romans 5, 17. I'm starting to wrap up. Two, three more hours. We'll be out of here. The Bible says that fasting is a powerful thing to do, to hear from the Lord. This kind comes not out but by prayer and fasting. Romans 5.17 says, For by one man's offense death reigned through one. We're speaking about Adam. 
Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, which is Jesus Christ. So through one man's offense, sin entered into the world. A curse was placed upon us. We were basically put under the bondage of the enemy. But through one, Jesus Christ, you have been made to rule and reign as kings in this life. You know what that means? Scripturally, the Bible says that the enemy is the prince of this world. But if you rule and reign as a king, the dominion rests upon the body of Christ. He is beneath your feet. Amen? How do we win this spiritual battle? By knowing who we are in Christ Jesus and taking our place in this society. Jeremiah 12, 1 through 4. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. This might be what some of you have actually even been saying to the Lord. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? Treacherously, You've planted them, yes, and they have taken root. They grow, yes, they bear fruit. They, you are near in their mouth, but far from their mind. But you, O oh Lord, you know me. You have seen me. You have tested my heart towards you. So pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. The prophet's really not mixing his words right now, is he? How long will the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither? The beasts and birds are consumed for the wickedness of those who dwell there. Because they said, he will not see our final end. I've been the person to pray, man, God, we need a reprieve in the land. Send us a reprieve. May we see the righteousness of God prevail in this society. May those that are evil be caught in their evil. May people that are mocking God... Get the fear of God again. May it come back in this. And so that's what Jeremiah's crying out. Right before Israel went into captivity for 400 years and they were sold off into slavery, the word of the Lord, he's crying out, these people are wicked. Why are they getting away with it? And you know what the Lord responded? He didn't respond as I thought he would respond. And I read this this week and I thought it ministered to me. It'll minister to you. If you have run with the footmen, and they wearied you, then how can you ever contend with horses? The Lord's response was, if the fight that you're in right now, if the lion and the bear is too big for you, how will you ever stand before the giants? Got a, a society of believers so professional in our complaints and so professional at picking out where we have been dealt a worse hand than others. Lord... You've given other people far greater talents than me. They can sing. They can dance. They can shout. They can preach. What have you given me? I can cross-stitch, God. That's all I have. I'm a cross-stitcher for the Lord. We're always comparing ourselves. I know. I've done it a hundred times to look at another person and be like, it's just not. Of course you're doing great things with them. Look at them. They're amazing. Me, I was like the leftover lump of clay from them that you're like, yep, there's Caleb. <laughs> I, remember, I remember going to Bible school and every time they preached on the talents, depression would hit me. Because I would go through my life and I'm like, I don't have a single talent. What have I been doing with my life? You know, I, I, can't, I can't do anything. I can't play an instrument. I can't do anything. What is my talent, God? And then I decided the only talent I have is I was raised on a dairy farm. I can work hard. So I'm going to be a workhorse for the Lord. And I remember saying that. I volunteered for everything in Bible college. Do you want to set up a tent? Yes, I want to set up a tent. Do you want to tear down the tent? I want to tear down the tent. Do you want to move the chairs? I want to move the chairs. Do you want to work at VBS? I want to work at VBS. Do you want to serve food? I want to serve food. Do you want to do security? I want to do security. You want to clean the toilets? Yeah. (laughs) Of course I want to clean the toilets. Are you kidding me? Who doesn't want to clean the toilets? But the Lord responded. What happens is you don't realize how much God has placed in you. Who cares how big the battle is? When the king of kings is on the inside of you, the battle can get as big as it wants. The promise of victory has always remained true. And the Bible says a weapon is allowed to form, but it is never allowed to prosper against you.
Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.